Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne and I'm joined once again by Austin Marshoni, Aaron hey. Davis, and Pastor Jason Tabor. Last again. <laughs> For some, I think it's because you jump on the Zoom with us. That's late. true. I am always late. <laughs> so you're always the last one. Uh, so this week uh, at, our, at our church services, we talked about oneness in Jesus. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. Uh, and the uh, theme for this week came from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. I'm going to read that for us. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may also be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you loved me, sorry, that you loved them even as you have loved me. All right, that's a whole so passage to read. A lot of thems and yous and I know. <laughs> you and me and you and them and them and you. Them? <laughs> Who's in who? All of us together. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's talking about oneness in Jesus, but what does that even mean? What is oneness in Jesus? Yeah, can I just say really quickly too, um, and I think there's something valuable here. This this topic, as, as confusing as the passage might be, this topic really resonates with me. Um, and I, I think so many of us, so many around us too, in that I, I didn't hear Pastor Scott's sermons. I was I was preaching while he was preaching, but uh, some... Austin, you mentioned the the kind of example he used. You want to talk about that a little bit? The, yeah, what... so uh, he tells that if uh, you've heard the sermon or maybe you didn't, he was talking about the story of uh, our uh, director of, uh, of our faith formation, and he went to a Red Sox uh, game at uh, Fenway Park and proceeded to get a bunch of emails afterwards um, to him, uh, you know, kind of getting him to buy more tickets or whatever. Uh, and it was addressed to the Red Sox nation. So Pastor Scott um, made the connection just about how it's sort of like uh, the, the bots and the uh, algorithms that said like, oh, he bought a ticket. He was at Fenway Park. He should get this email. They kind of it's kind of like a way of kind of creating a oneness, but they're by saying the Red Sox Nation, you're trying to combine all these people who've been. And so he addressed it as a cheap oneness, a, a oneness of, you know, chance and statistics, if, if, if you will. Yeah. So cheap oneness or the way I talked about it, very similar to shallow relationships. Pastor Max, and we, when we were planning this sermon, um, used an, uh, an example um that again really resonated with me i did it he said if you would go through your text messages uh, how many of them are business conversations you know kid logistics and carpools and dinner and all that kind of stuff and, and how many of them and i did this i looked at 50 text messages and 45 of them were that stuff um somebody that needed something from me i needed something from them it was a work conversation it was you know even my wife's conversations it's mostly about like what we're eating and when um which is important stuff. Right? So that's a big deal. 
<laughs> what we're eating is most things and win is a lot. <laughs> but, um, and five, only five out of the 50 were actually like conversations I had that didn't need anything. They were just kind of the joy of sharing relationship. And that really struck me. Um, there's something in me that, as I said to those who heard it longs to have those deep relationships. And I think so many around us also are looking for that. Um, so just wanted to kind of, uh, you know, this is free therapy, but uh, <laughs> no, just wanted to just wanted to set the scene a bit for how this particular topic might really intersect with those around us. Well, and kind of similar to the the Red Sox thing, part of the reason we as a church don't call the people who come here members is because when you think of a membership, you think of like Sam's Club, and like you can be a member at Sam's Club and not have any connection with any of the other people that are there. Uh, and you're not growing in relationships, but you, you get the to. card, you get the benefits. Um, but the people in our church, we don't want it to be, you show up, you get a thing, you go home. We want, we call them disciples because we want to grow together and learn from Jesus. We're his disciples. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just a, I show up and I get something. It's I show up and I learn and I'm part of this and I'm growing with would, these people. I would even add on to the, you do something and then you come and you get something, you know, you can come not because, and they, not because you, you know, at least here at church is not this way, but at Costco, you know, or Sam's club, you know, you pay your $60 a year membership and you get all these discounts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never think the discounts are all that great, but whatever. <laughs> not the, not the <laughs> um, so with kind of with that stage set, right? This idea of cheap one, shallow relationships. So, so often, so many of us long for more. The idea here is, um, you know, we find that in Jesus. So I want to talk about what that looks like, but also that needs a lot of explaining because it sounds like a real churchy thing. Uh, you know, Jesus is my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I want an actual best friend. Uh, but I think there is something valuable. So, so can we first talk a little bit about like, what is when Jesus says, uh, might would, may they also, they being all of us followers, believers, those who are not yet believers, but he wants them to be, may they be in, in me as I, as we, may they be one as we are one. And so that we would be invited into the same type of relationship Jesus has with his father. So first of all, what is that? What are the, what are the benefits? <laughs> well, there's yeah. a lot, I mean, there's a lot of like, I mean, earthly benefits that we have from that, such as like peace, joy, mm -hmm. like things that, you know, you just get because you are relying on Christ and you put all your faith and all your trust into him. And so that kind of takes a lot of the external pressures off of you because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to be one with the God who created the universe would be pretty great. Uh, and the Bible tells us over and over that he is love. He, there's, there's no badness in him. So all the things you like in life, you get through him. Uh, wouldn't you want to be one with the person that gives you all those things? Sure. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> one that comes to my mind too is um, when Jesus is baptized and, and God speaks and he says, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. And so if that's his relationship with Jesus and Jesus is saying, now I have that relationship with him. What does that mean? 
Well, with you, he, he, you know, this is my son. This is my daughter who I love. I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's, here's, and again, we see in, we see in the relationship that Jesus shows us with the father. Here's, you know, there's no one knows the father except the son, right? Um, here they, they are both fully known to one another, fully known and totally accepted, well-pleased and loved. Uh, so I really think when, when Jesus says, now you have the relationship with the father that I have, I think that's what he means. He knows you fully and yet totally accepts you and, and is, you know, pleased with you. <laughs> Which is, I mean, like totally empowering too. Yes. Like, yeah. It like gives you confidence to do things that you would never have done on your own. And I, you know, when you become a parent, you kind of think of the whole Jesus thing differently. I mean, I did. Did you, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, <laughs> I mean, like the, there's the so many things. Father-child relationship. Yeah. Like there's so many things in the Bible that like you just understand now when you're kind of a parent and just like when your kids mess up, you know, you want to like tell them, you know, don't do that again. But then you always go back and you're like, I still love you so much. I could you never know? not love you. Exactly. Yeah. And like, when you, when you say those to your own children, you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally how, you know, God feels about us. It's like, I will never not love you. I'm not happy with what you just did, but like still totally in love with you. <laughs> yep. yep. And, and I, I know you even deep, even more deeply than you know, your children. Right. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, and still, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally pleased with you. To fully accepted. Your kids can sneak one by you. You can't sneak one by me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go what ahead. What does this one this look like on a practical level, like in our lives? Yeah, I want Aaron to say a little bit more about what you said. It, it's it's very empowering. I want you to say a little bit more about what that is. Well, I think it just gives you the confidence that, cause we are going to mess up a lot, like daily, hourly, you know, and I, it just gives you the confidence to be like, I am forgiven. I am loved. I'm going to try and do my best, but even if I stumble and fall, I don't have that shame that's attached to it. You know, I might have like a fleeting guilt. I might have repentance. I mean, I always have repentance, but at the and same the point, the last. Yeah, or the consequences that go from the mistakes I've made. But at the same point, I'm not like weighed down by the shame of it all as in like, I'm never going to get better. Like things are never going to get, you know, better than this. Cause I, you know, messed up so bad. It's like, the, I, there's always like hope. There's always redemption. There's always resurrection. Mm -hmm. he works he works for the good of all of those who love him you know it's he, going to turn all of that you know he may not change the like you <laughs> so adequately put it he may not change the uh downfalls of like or the consequences of what happened but he's going to make you a a, a better person and be able to use that to like just bring other people that you know can relate to you and stuff there's just so many cool situations that come from that and I've, I've actually, I've been on the phone with my mom at times and I've said, I hate when God is trying to make me a better person because <laughs> sometimes it's really hard. Right. And it's like, we have to do things that are really hard. And I was like, I hate when he's trying to make me a better person. It's, I mean, there's a lot that you, you know, comes with that, but it's always good at the end. It's just, you know, yeah, I've, I've been reading a, a book uh, by a pastor named Craig Rochelle. I'm sure a lot of you know him. Uh, it's called Dangerous Prayers, and one of the things he talks about is, I think it's a prayer that David prayed, David prayed, 
uh, where he asks God to break him. Uh, and his point is that's a dangerous prayer to pray because yeah. you're telling God, I want you to break me so that you can make me into something better, but it's going to hurt when you're broken. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Right. And it did. Yeah. Um, one more thought. And I, I said this at the outset, I sort of, this idea resonates with me because I very much long for, um, deep relationships like this. And so when I say that, what do I mean? Um, still working through this. So again, uh, maybe cheap therapy, but uh, <laughs> what I'm looking for, number one, to not be alone. Number two, someone I can, someone I can talk to, share thoughts with someone who, who will hear the, the inner me and not walk away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. both of, both of those I find in Jesus, right? Yeah. And someone who can encourage you even while pushing you to be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I find in Jesus in a little bit more theoretical way. Uh, the other, the two that I picked out, I mentioned because I find them for me very, very concretely. Number one, I can speak to him and I do, uh, we call it prayer, right? I don't do it out loud always <laughs> with the confidence that he will hear and, and know the, the, the inner me, the deep parts of me and not walk away from it. Number two, the, 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 the idea of being not alone. Um, you know, I, I turn back to the same promises. I'm with you always. And often I find that, you know, through people around me, right? It's not magic. <laughs> As Aaron likes to say, hands and feet. Um, <laughs> that is given to me th- by the people who are around me. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made me think, if I may, um, when I'm thinking even like in marriage, like I think about, Chelsea and I, and I think about that oneness and kind of like how some of those things kind of overlap in that concept. And um, to me, it is kind of that, like being like, when you're talking about that, like I think it's the same thing about like being like known for like the, the the struggles or the things that you might question, like just like the stuff that if if you just said out loud, isn't going to come off the right way if people don't really know your heart. Right. You know, the things that I can share with Chelsea that like might come off weird when you're just trying to contemplate them. Like I'm an external processor. So I'll talk things out and I might say some things that sound like really like twisted or something. And I it's might not think meant you're to a jerk, but she knows. She yeah. Knows, yeah. Right. She knows, she knows that my intention, where I'm going to my end point, my end result and goal is still like, is still well-meaning and it's, it's still good intentions. And it's, you know, that kind of grace that you can give to someone you know, and that the amount of grace that God can give us knowing that when we have, you know, a, a, a question about even him, you know, he understands that our intention is, is well, and, you know, not meant to put him down or put him out or same way. Like, I'm not trying to put Chelsea out. If I share an opinion, it's just something I'm struggling with. So I like your marriage connection, uh, but I'll be, I'll be miss maybe a little too honest, but I'm going to do it. Um, I like it. Why does my why does my faith matter to me? How does my faith help me? Um, why do I want it for other people around me? One reason, one big reason. The I, I I support what you're saying, Austin. And yet, the only reason this is very true. The only reason I can be as open as I am with my wife or others around me, but again, more so with her. The only reason I can be as open as I am is because I'm confident that I'm accepted by Jesus. Uh, 
I still have, and we've been married nine years. I've, I've put a lot of work in, in, in getting to this point. I still have the, the fear and the shame and, and, and at certain times, the, the things that come along with opening myself up, with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only way I can get over the line is by, and I do this all the time, when shame comes, when, when fear comes, is by reminding myself I'm accepted in Jesus. And I think probably maybe other people can get there in different ways. I, I don't know them. <laughs> and as an out, but as an outpouring of that, um, you are automatically going to be accepting of others and accepting of their, like I, people have always told me I have a vulnerability gift, which I don't understand, but um, like, I mean, cashiers at like the Dollar Tree will tell me about their abortions. And like, when they're done, they're like, I've never said this to anybody else before, but they, I don't know, maybe I have like a face or something that people just feel like they tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. And it's like, I just met you 10 seconds ago, you know, and my mom, my mom has the same thing. And she always said, we have this gift of vulnerability because we are like, we're just an open book. Like, I'll tell you anything about my life, no matter what. And I think that just having that accepting of others, like, I'm not judging you. Like, you know, like I still love you no matter what has happened. So and I think that vulnerability comes out because we have that confidence in Jesus and he loves us no matter what. So we're supposed to love everybody else no matter what. Yeah. So this is an interesting, I just want to, I just want to put a fine point on this for the sake of Andrew's question. This is an interesting direction that I did not anticipate is that. Andrew asked the question, what does oneness with Jesus look like in a practical sense? And I think what Aaron and I are maybe coming, coming at it from two different sides um oneness with jesus means a confidence that i am accepted which allows me to be fully who i am mm-hmm. uh, either to receive jesus to other people right either to receive from other people their stories and hurts and be open to that mm-hmm. or to be open myself um, with that confidence that i'm accepted and so if really- i were it really is freeing too. Like I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, like somebody at school called me a loser and I'm like, well, are you a loser? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then why do you care what that person called you? Like, does God think you're a loser? No. <laughs> that's what I meant when I said that, that that's where I turn when I, when the shame and the fear comes, that's what I do. Right. Uh, whatever I tell them. And often it's not like, I don't go on the playground anymore. So it's not other people <laughs> do that. Uh, but it's the stories in our own heads, right? Like I don't need other kids to call me a loser because I do it myself pretty well. Um, and that's it. I just do the exact same thing. Um, I'm really, really good at like creating stories and, and dramas in my own head. Like even for other people, I, I play their role, their role too. Um, and the answer always is accepted in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And see, right, I do so, the opposite because I always think people, I always think people are taking my words the best way possible. And then I always find out that they took it badly and I have to go back and apologize. But like I do, I automatically, my first thought is like, oh, that was totally cool. Like, <laughs> so it's easy to see the, the good news of this oneness with Jesus for those of us who know Jesus and know he loves us. But what about our, our friends and neighbors who maybe don't know Jesus as well as we do? What, What's the good news of this oneness for them? 
Yeah, I've been thinking about if I were going to share all this, you know, I'm again doing my therapy uh, on <laughs> on video here. Uh, if I were going to share all of this uh, with, with someone around me. Um, and I have a couple, I'm not going to name them, a couple people in mind in my head. Um, I think it would sound something like, because again, there's a, there's a part of me and I think a part of lots of us which longs to um, be able to access this, to be open and vulnerable and known and accepted. And the, the, the thing that keeps, that holds back is shame and fear and, and doubt and the stories we tell ourselves and all that stuff. And to be able to say, the reason that my faith matters to me, the reason this Jesus matters to me is because it's a huge source of confidence that allows me the foundation to do that thing that I want so bad, that you want so bad, which is to be open and vulnerable because I have that confidence. How'd that sound? Critique yeah. me. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It actually makes me think that when my girls were little, we read this book about how to give them timeouts, right? And you're not supposed to say, I love you, but you're supposed to say, don't empty out all the cabinets, but I love you. Like if you flip it that way, instead of it, it makes it, I mean, and it totally makes a world of difference, you know, not saying I love you, but I wish you wouldn't do that. Like it's totally different than saying, don't do that anymore, but I love you no matter what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, go ahead, go ahead Andrew. Andrew. No, 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 no. Austin. Austin. Okay. Um, I just think it's also important though, to, that, that we identify like just how, I mean, in that, not that it's important to know which way your neighbor or some random person you come across, like the ways that they're looking for oneness with people. But I do think it's important that we identify that there are so many different ways that people look for oneness. And typically we do find it in that cheap oneness, the, the, you know, people who enjoy, you know, a certain well, sports fans. team yeah or like you know <laughs> um we're like you know one of the things that i've seen a lot of is uh like video game streamers you know like although i know andrew has a hard time understanding why someone would watch yep. someone play video games i get the i get i get people's struggles yep i get it um I think that there there's groups that form and I've seen these groups online that form around the joy of watching like a particular streamer and like certain streamers create their different, you know, their different vibe or their character around, you know, how they act and like what the kind of attitude they want amongst their, their followers, mm -hmm. the people who watch them. And it's like, we're like, you know, there's this particular streamer that I know is like, he wants like people to be encouraging and to like, you know, be uplifting to each other and you can like you know joke and whatnot but like if you look at the group of people who um you know like when they talk about random stuff they're just looking to like be happy about some same some similar things and just looking for like the joy that comes with people not like vehemently disagreeing with each other over every little thing yeah austin is teaching us something really valuable as we think about how to uh, connect with our neighbors and, and translate these ideas. And, and what I'm, what you're teaching us, Austin, is uh, so put, put your, not you, Aaron. Put your put put the hat of the of the mom on for a moment. Um, 
what would mom say about the video games? You know, either you waste all their time. They, you know, there's nothing valuable comes out of this. It's such a big way. That's an expression of, and we could put lots of different communities in there. That's an expression of an attempt at filling the same deep need that we have spent whatever amount of time just saying is in all of us and, and is also met by Jesus. And so what I want to be saying, Austin, thanks for bringing this out. It's a, it's a way of looking at, like, we'll get nowhere by saying you're you know, quit playing your dumb video games. Right. Um, we will get a little further if we say this is a, an attempt at community and oneness. And, and I also feel that. And one way that it's met for me is through my relationship with Jesus. I mean, I would say it a little differently, but that's the basic outline. Yeah, and basically what we want to get across is we're all looking for relationships and we're all looking to be close with someone or a group of people. And Jesus is someone who wants to be close with us and he's the only someone who's never going to let us down. Yep. The way you've tried it through video games has many advantages and you're, you're probably finding, I don't know, 80% of what, you, what you're looking for. There's more. Right. <laughs> and, and his name is Jesus. Don't but please say that. Jesus, <laughs> you can bring Jesus into those groups with you. Right. Yeah. There. Yeah. You can use that as an opportunity to speak what is exactly. the the fuller truth. We'll say. Right. Uh, the whole truth. Uh, I want to say one other thing. Um, Aaron made the point earlier about the the cashiers who tell her and the people who tell her these these surprising, shocking things. Uh, mm -hmm. By the way, I'm not saying, I want to hear, I want that to be heard very clearly. Not that the thing they did is surprising or shocking or bad. No. That it shared is the surprising, shocking part. Right. Um, that I just met you and you're telling yeah. me this, which they're shocked too. And they're telling me by the way. Yeah. So when I say shocking things, I'm not, that's what I'm. Right. The vulnerability of it. Yes. Yeah. But I think there's an opportunity there. We talked about kind of how do we share this with 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 those around us uh, and we talked from from one point of view i think there's an opportunity in that one too um so the whole deal we've been talking about this relationship that jesus offers us is one of being fully known and also accepted and so you know a person maybe it's a stranger maybe it's a person i've known a long time tells me something that is um surprising and shocking maybe even something scandalous maybe even something horrific I've had this has happened to me all the time um, where I literally say to people, you've just shared with me your darkest secret, maybe it is, or a dark secret, and I'm still here. And I, I'm going to be, and I can be, I can literally hear anything from you and continue to love you and accept you because I believe you're valuable. And I, that's as far as it needs to go. I know and we know that value comes out of being a child of God created in his image, um, paid for on the cross by Jesus, welcome in his family. We don't have to say all that right in the first sentence. Simply can say, yeah, I, I hear that. Um, it's a sad story. There's hurt in it, whatever. And yet I'm still here and I, and I, I can still accept you and love you because I believe you're valuable. Yes, we don't have to beat them over the head with the gospel the, the first time no. we talk with them, but we can no. 
when I've had those experiences and you can see the shock in people's faces that they're even telling me this, right? I usually try and disarm the situation. And I'm usually like, yeah, people tell me crazy things all the time. I think I just have one of those faces. And then I always follow it up with, you know, Jesus loves you no matter what, you know, just kind of, and like, I know to some people, it's going to be like a throwaway comment at the very end of, because I mean, we're at a cash register. There's people behind us. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. We're moving along. Not exactly relationship building in that moment. Exactly. Your number. We'll but go get coffee. <laughs> even if that's like the, the first time that they've heard, you know, she, he, whatever has heard that somebody loves me, even despite the thing I just told you, right. Mm-hmm. Then that's, I mean, that's valid. And you know, I got, I got to move on. I'm not probably not going to see that person ever again in my life. But even if that's like, just helps a little bit that Jesus loves you no matter what, you know, it just, well, how does that help? Let me, let me, and we're, we've, we've skirted around this conversation a little bit. One big way I think that helps is uh, that is in many cases, opposite of the message they've heard of Jesus, opposite oh, of what they think they know of Jesus. And so may you ever see that cashier again? No. So yeah, um, backing up a step, I gave the response of someone I have a relationship with and I have the time to, you know, do the whole thing. In that moment, you don't. So you, you say one thing, you give one one bit of encouragement, good news. Jesus loves you no matter, even still. Um, that's different than what they've heard of Jesus. And so even in that one interaction, you you've turn them toward a new understanding of Jesus. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's hugely helpful. You've planted a seed that hopefully mm-hmm. someone else will water. Yeah. Are you saying though, that that's something that made different than what they've heard of Jesus? Like, I just like, really, that's hard to believe. I thought everybody knew Jesus loves you no matter what. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. It's just in my brain, I'm so wired to be like, Jesus does love you no matter what. And like, so do I, you know? Right. Right. But the God that they might have heard before exactly. was the, the condemning God who's going to send them to hell for doing this. Yep. That's true. That's yeah. True. The, la- the last person to speak to them about Jesus may have said something a little different. <laughs> That's very true too. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never have thought of that before, but yeah, you're probably right. So, but. All right. So maybe some key takeaways from this conversation uh, is that even when you're one with Jesus, he knows you completely. He still loves you no matter what. And I think that's something uh, encouraging for our friends and neighbors who don't know Jesus is to know that whether you believe it or not, I believe that Jesus loves you no matter what you've done or what you will do. Or what you're currently doing. Yeah. Still loves you. <laughs> I, will also, I, would, I would add to that. That confidence of my acceptance by Jesus gives, gives me confidence to be fully who I am in my relationships. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying that because I think that's a pretty attractive thing to most people. Right. Yeah. So the email would read something along the lines of Jesus nation, you are loved, you are accepted and you are created uniquely to be you. <laughs> something, something along <laughs> those like lines. Yeah. And you can. And not emails. <laughs> and not all the Jesus nation emails. <laughs> all right. Who's praying for us today? Austin, why don't you pray for us? All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for loving us the way that we are, uh, for creating us the way that you have to um, be uniquely uh, created for just so many different purposes to uh, fulfill uh, 
the love that you want to show to others around us, our neighbors and our friends. And we just ask that uh, you continue to remind us of that this week as we continue to uh, seek out your will for us and for uh, those around us that we might show them uh, that they are also loved and accepted and created for such a greater purpose that we might all be one in you uh, and that we might all come to uh, know and love you and be able to uh, just be in your glory one day in heaven. All this we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for the conversation. Yeah, good, good conversation. All right. We will see you next week. Bye. See you, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.